Welcome to Home But Not Alone with Tim and Sarah, where we talk about real life as a stay-at-home Catholic parent. If it's noon and you're still in your pajamas, have reheated your coffee three times, and tried to pray but got distracted, this is the place for you. Life is crazy, but through it all, remember, you're never alone. You've got God's grace and our friendship coming your way. Today on Home But Not Alone, we are chatting about our differences. It's often easy to recognize the differences in how other people parent, in the way they practice Catholicism, and so much more. And when we see those differences, we can be quick to critique, to criticize, to gossip, to offer unsolicited advice and unwelcome opinions. And we're not going to advocate for a relativistic approach to life. Nope, never doing that. But it is important that... Um, when it comes to matters that are not, you know, moral matters, moral uh, certitudes, that we can celebrate our differences, learn from our differences, and learn to get along. So today, we're talking about the differences between Tim and I. Hey, Tim. Hey, Sarah. So I don't know about you, but there are some things that people do that I need to spend time praying that they don't, that I can be patient with them in advance of things being said or things happening or whatever it may be. And something happened the other day. And luckily I I wasn't, I wasn't mean to this person. I wasn't disrespectful to this person, but I did have to go all dad voice on this person. So I maintained my calm. I maintained my patience, but dad voice came out. So I got a phone call and this woman starts speaking and she says, hi, Chris, or Hey, Kristen. And I thought, well, that's the wrong number. So I said, oh, I'm sorry. I, th- I Well, no, let me rephrase that. I answered the phone. Hi, this is Tim. And oh. she said, hi, Kristen. <laughs> and I said, oh, I'm, I'm sorry, ma'am. I, I, you have the wrong number. Okay. And then she paused and said, I'm calling from blah, 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 roofing solutions. Uh, and, you know, we're going around okay. and we're checking homes to see if blah, blah. She tried to sell me something. After she got my name wrong, after I told her my name, (laughs) if I say, hi, this is Tim, and you go, hey, Kristen, I want to sell you something. Maybe she just misheard you. (laughs) She might have. She might have. But you know what? At that point, if I tell someone you have the wrong number, um, so that's what I said to her. Say sorry, bye. Say say sorry. (laughs) At the very least, say sorry before you try to sell me something I'm still not going to buy. But I said to her, I went all dad voice, and I said, I said, ma'am. You got my name wrong, didn't listen to me, and still then tried to sell me something. Get your act together. Goodbye. And I hung up and I was like, get your act together. I felt like that was very, that was very dad vice, which I'm going to start calling advice from dads, dad vice, because I think that's dad vice. Sure. Dad vice. Make it one word. Why not? That is funny. That is we, funny. I just would have hung up on her without saying anything if she wasn't listening to me. I know that's not very polite, but sometimes I'm like, I just don't have time for this. And my kids are shouting for a snack from the other room. Uh, I, I can't. I can't even. <laughs> yeah, I like I like to find opportunities for things to be teachable moments. Um, I mean, sure. I have been the one I, I I am the guy who has been on the phone with our, our health insurance company, the people who handle like our prescription coverage. Yeah, that's I have, the most frustrating time to spend on the phone. It's incredibly frustrating. But 
I have literally cited Ephesians 5, husbands love your wives as Christ loved the church and gave himself up for her. I have said that to a person when I'm talking about pharmacy stuff. And often I'm sure people are like, who is this lunatic? Oh, boy. But I've actually had, especially women on the other end of the phone, will respond to me by saying, I, I not only have never heard that, I've never heard a man even take that kind of attitude. That's wonderful. And I'm like, right, good. Right. Wow. Teachable. Not that she needed to be taught something, but right. teachable moment. Opportunity there you for go. good dad <laughs> vice. Um, so speaking of, of dads and dad vice, um, today we're talking about the, the differences between you and I. And one of the first key differences, I'm a dad. You're, you're not a dad last time I checked. No, I'm a mom. <laughs> yeah. Okay. So, and I think that this is cool to point out because like, um, it, I think stay at home moms, um, you know, in Catholic culture is kind of expected. It's like not out of the ordinary, but for you, stay at home dads is a real different uh, experience. I think maybe that sometimes surprises people and they find it like, this is interesting. This is not what I'm used to seeing. And I think that, um, you know, we can start right there and say that we experience our Catholic communities different or any kind of communities different, um, just in those roles, you know, that a mom and you're a dad. Yeah. And you know what? And I think there, there are a variety of ways that there are obvious differences and then there are you know the less obvious differences but you know like i've noticed that as a as a dad within the catholic community but also outside of the catholic community and, and i think we talked about this a little once is that i feel like sometimes people look at me and they're like oh look at you you're out with two kids you're basically a hero and at the same okay. time, people could look <laughs> at my wife to a lesser extent. And I've heard this happen to other men where people are like, like, oh, oh, yeah, you have you have the kids. But they right. look at a that dad babysitting doing, the kids, like giving mom a break you know, attitude. That's just not fair. <laughs> it's not. And I, I really do think there's a lot of uh, misunderstanding, a lot of uh, misconceptions about fatherhood, about motherhood, about how they are different, but about how where the the roles overlap in terms of parenting. And uh, I've actually written about this before, written at least one article about it that I can think of. And yeah, I think it's important that sometimes we spend some time clearing up those differences. Um, and I think that that's another thing is we need to celebrate motherhood and fatherhood. And I'll tell you this, I think there is a big way no one has thought of that our culture is messing up motherhood and fatherhood. And okay. it's this. I mean, I've thought of a lot of ways. No, you haven't thought of this one. No one has. <laughs> okay. <laughs> no one has. I'm I'm just that weird. Okay. Okay. Um Mother's Day should not be first on the calendar year. Father's Day should. Okay. And here's here's why. Okay. I found a study and I don't even have it in front of me right now, but I, I gotta find the link to that study. Um, they have done enough studies to conclude scientifically women have better memories than men. It's not a stereotype. <laughs> it is a scientific fact. So okay. when you put Mother's Day first and all of a sudden Mother's Day rolls around and we forgot to do something for the mother of our children, you know, the, our wives. <laughs> and you're in deep so trouble. <laughs> we, that's just not very, that's not great. Yeah. Uh, but if Father's Day was first, all of a sudden Father's Day would roll around. We'd get our obligatory tie or, you know, some sort of 
oh here's a spatula go out and grill like and yeah, whatever right. the obligatory ah uh, here go grill for us happy father's day like you know whatever right. the whatever the stereotype is or not the stereotype whatever the gift is we get that yes or at least the the recognition hey it's father's day you know happy oh, father's okay. day and then you're reminded we have the reminder and yes. then we have a number of weeks or a month to do something about it <laughs> i'm just saying that would solve so many problems. Strength in marriage is right there. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Uh, no, you're right. I have not thought of that way. <laughs> but if we take into account the, like, the biological differences in the gender and then we factor them into society, I'm telling you, things will get better. Um, okay. Not that we're going to well. do that. Anyway. All right. Let's. <laughs> um, another difference between okay. you and I, I primarily attend mass in the english language the, yes. the ordinary form i believe it is often called yes but you do I think not that's a good no that's right i attend the latin mass or the extraordinary form and it's actually it's it's funny for me to like hear myself say that like okay yeah i primarily t attend the latin mass because um when we first found a latin mass in our community like we went a couple times to check it out and then we started kind of going every other week because we were bouncing back and forth between latin and english and yeah at this point um it's latin mass all the way like we we are totally latin mass goers at this point so yeah it was it was kind of a road a little a little bit of a transformation to to get here but yep we attend the latin mass our Latin mass is still in the gym, <laughs> but that's where we go. <laughs> we got the get pandemic things. We got to adjust. That's, you know, yeah. sometimes. Yeah. And At I'm least just, we have it. I'm just so grateful that we, you know, we have that option because the English mass is at the same time, but it's over in the church. So that's why the Latin mass, they, they kept it going for us, but it's in the gym. That's awesome. And yeah. I'm just going to be very real with all you guys for a second is I think sometimes because of loud voices on different ends of the angry spectrum, sometimes it can seem like people who are in the Latin mass community and people who are in the English mass community can't get along. Well, Sarah and I are really good friends and yes. there's no reason why that difference in practice would prevent us from getting along unless we allowed it to. Yes. From a, yeah. from a Catholic standpoint, <clears throat> there's no reason for that, for that kind of hostile division. So, yes. you know. Yeah, exactly. I think it's important to keep in mind that, you know, both, both are valid and both are good, especially when done reverently, which, you know, it, it's, it's interesting. Isn't always the case. <laughs> it isn't always the case. But even, you know, for me, having the mass over in the gym, it kind of opens my eyes to like, yeah, sometimes there are real obstacles, <laughs> like trying to have a nice, reverent, beautiful Latin mass in the gym. And my kids are running around. We're sitting on folding chairs. Like, I think, you know, we have a struggle in that sometimes as well. So, yeah, yeah, I think that, you know, they're both valid, but this is my preference and, and that is your preference. And I really don't see, you know, any need to for either party to look down on the other party. So I, I do like that, you know, we can hold this up as a as a witness. Not that I'm saying like, you know, we're we're shining examples, but I think it's good to know that like we can all get along. Like it's possible if that's how you choose to to handle those differences. So yeah. Yes. Exactly. Absolutely. Um okay you know what and as I as I once said I we were talking about this before I said this on social media, a lot of people really embraced this was the fact that, you know, some people say 
you know, oh, English mass is the only way to go. Some people say, oh, no, no, no I, Latin mass is the only way to go. And I brought up the third option was uh, I have multiple kids under, you know, the age of five. Uh, yeah, <laughs> the mass could be in Klingon from Star Trek and I wouldn't even notice. To which several priests on social media were like, we've got to get the mass translated into Klingon. And I was like, that's that's all you guys. That is not me. Uh, <clears throat> that was not the point. <laughs> no, they, they were joking. They, I know. They, I know. I know. I know, I know. Gentlemen, they were joking. All yeah, right. Another one. Um, OK. You are an extrovert. Extrovert, totally. I believe. Yes. Give me. And, I need my people. <laughs> and I, on the other hand, I'm an introvert. Yes. Which, actually surprised me when I realized I was an introvert. It surprised because, me when I found out you were an introvert. Yeah, well, it's because I didn't realize that the distinction, as far as I understand it, between extrovert and introvert is essentially how you recharge. Like, yes. what do you need? You know, do you need, oh, I'm going to be with people. Good. I feel, yes. you know, re-energized. Or do I right. spend time by myself? And I've been, you know, up in front of people for years. I did high school theater. I did some stuff with campus ministry in college and I was in youth ministry. I've been up giving talks. You know, I've, I've given talks in front of, you know, groups ranging from, you know, a couple dozen people all the way up to several hundred people. And it does not phase me to go on a stage in front of several hundred people. And right. so I thought, well, obviously I'm an extrovert until I realized that's you not know, what makes you an extrovert. It's not. Right. And yeah. I can get off the stage. I've heard some people who do speaking in, in Catholic circles where they'll say as soon as they are off stage or no longer in front of people, they're mm -hmm. like, nobody come talk to me. I just I need to be in my <laughs> <Right>. bubble. That's <laughs> not me. Because okay. to me, I'm still I'm still evangelizing. I'm still doing ministry. And I don't right, mind engaging right. like one on one or right. you know five on one or whatever it is. I don't need the 200 people and a barrier between us but after the event is over that's when i need to go recharge by myself right so you need your downtime i do i absolutely do so would, and but, i have to say that I, I start to understand that more now that you know i'm home with the four kids all the time sometimes I'm like just let me close the door and everybody leave me alone for a minute <laughs> but i still like that's i think that's like um everything is overwhelming and you just need to kind of breathe and get, you know, get some space to think. But I don't think that I am an introvert by any means, just by needing that little bit of space because I need my people. Like I love my people. And, you know, if I had my choice on what to do on a Friday afternoon, it'd be just to, to hang out with friends, like see people, chat with people, have someone over. Like, yeah, totally extrovert. Yeah, I totally get And there are certain people where if, you know, if somebody, you know, close friends of ours were to, you know, call or text us and be like, you guys doing anything for dinner? We'd be like, we were, but now we're doing something with you guys. Like, it's not like I'm like, oh, I want to hide in oh, my little closet right. like all the time. Like, you never want to see people? No. <laughs> yeah. No, I just want to clarify that for anybody who's, who's listening. Like, you know, oh but then there are other Tim times. hates people. Yeah, no. yeah. Oh yeah. Oh yeah. <laughs> uh, but then there are other times where it's like, oh man, can I just get you know that time to recharge? You know. So, yes. Yeah. Um, I think that's an important thing to know about yourself because yes. we all need to recharge. 
And yes. if you don't know how you recharge, then that's, yeah, well, you're well, not going to be able to do it Well, and this is something too that I've had to talk to my husband about because he's an introvert and some of our kids are introverts. And sometimes like, I just don't understand what's going on that's causing, you know, like a, a meltdown or whatever, or, and, and I don't know how to handle it. And I remember talking to my husband about this and being like, what does this kid need when X, Y, and Z is happening? And he's like, oh, well, if you just, you know, let them go to their room and be alone for a while, then they'll, then they'll be fine. And I'm like, I'm over here. Like, do you need a hug? Do you want to talk? <laughs> it's like, uh, no, no, don't do that. You're doing the wrong thing. <laughs> That's an, I didn't even think about that, but that's an important part now that you say that of communication within marriage is yeah. as, as you're parenting, as we're all parenting, is that to be like, okay, well, I don't know how to, you know, deal with this kid's need, but you're more like that kid. So help me, yes. you know, whatever. Help me. <laughs> help me. Help me help them. All right. Um, give me another one. All right. So, uh, this one always makes me laugh when you and I have talked about this. Uh, you consider yourself a country girl. Is that correct? Uh, yes. Yeah, I would say so. And I think more, like, I don't think I ever really realized it until I would be talking to you about something. And I'm like, what did you grow up in the city or something? And I feel like a total hillbilly compared to some of the, some of the things that we've talked about. Yeah. <laughs> that, well, and here's the thing is I never really considered myself a city guy. I mean, when I was <laughs> a kid, I was like, yeah, you know, I don't live on a farm and then I married someone who grew up on a farm. Right. And so it, you know, it's very odd because I live in the St. Louis archdiocese and this whole area, I've heard it described as it's very, it's layout is very much like a lot of Southern cities okay. in that it's not really condensed. Like people think condensed, you think Chicago, you think Manhattan, right. you know, some New of York, these. York. Yeah. 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 Uh, but St. Louis is far more spread out. It's uh, sure. it has a downtown, but very few of us in the area are like, yeah, you know, I live in St. Louis, like right next to the Mississippi River, right next to the St. Louis Arch. Like we don't think about that. Right. It's just a big area. Right. So I don't necessarily think of myself as a city guy, but at the same time, you know, having now married someone who grew up on a farm and then going back to visit that place I'm like oh my gosh I definitely grew up in the city I yeah you know, yeah, and yeah. I, I love it out there and I you know I I'm a fan of you know spending time in that kind of environment but yeah it's just not where I grew up it's not yeah you know. It's funny because sometimes when we have, you know, a friend or something visit from the city, like from New York, and they might say, like, it is eerily quiet out here in the middle of the woods. And I'm like, middle of the woods? <laughs> 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 what are you talking about? But it, I think the comparison, you know, the, I think the differences kind of come out a little when you, when you look at different people's experiences and kind of compare them in that way. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. All right. Let's do another one. So, um. <laughs> What we've, we've talked about this, but what is your, your preferred method of prayer? Meditation for sure. I like thinking through things. I like to pray like with my pen and my journal in my hand so I can write down uh, my thoughts and, and, you know, take the things that are inside of me and kind of like release them into my journal uh, and, and interact with Jesus that way. I think that I focus best that way. Um, and I think that it really, um, I don't know. It, it, it brings me peace when I, when I pray that way. Yeah. 
what's yours? Yeah, so my preferred method of prayer is, is scripture study, scripture reflection, Lexio Divina, all that, all that sort of stuff. I've found that when I'm learning more about scripture, it reveals more to me about salvation history as a single narrative. It reveals more to me then about God's relationship with his people yes. and thus God's relationship with me as an individual. And that really helps me be like, oh, okay, now I slightly better understand God's, God's desired relationship with me. And yes. the more I can understand God's desired relationship with me, the more <clears throat> I can enter into that relationship. So yeah, I'm a, I'm a big fan of scripture study and any sort of, you know, people are like, I'll jump online and on certain streaming platforms and Catholic stuff. And they'll be like, Hey, hey Bible study. I'm like, I want to be in. And then I'm like, Oh, it's a six hour thing. I don't have six hours to do a six yeah. hour thing. No. Like, can you give me the five minute version? They're like, no, it's, it's the gospel of study. Luke. You I'm, like, into it. And I'm like, all right, fair enough. Which is why I love my Ignatius study Bible is I, I'll have something. I'll have a scripture passage and I'll be like, wait a minute, what does this mean? And I'll go back and I'll, they have a lot of good stuff in there explaining things that otherwise I wouldn't know. So, all right, let's see. Um, I'm going to do another one. Um, you, um, excuse me, <clears throat> you kind of stumbled into ministry or got felt invited into ministry. Is that right? Yeah. Yeah. I would say so. I never really set out, um, you know, to be a blogger or an influencer or even really to share my, my thoughts and my writing publicly. So yeah, I would say I stumbled into it. Um, and I would say that th it draws kind of from my, like we were saying, our, our modes of prayer, because I write when I pray. And then I used to share like some of my writings and my reflections, like with my mom and with my sister and, and with some close friends, like they'd read it out of my journal and say, hey, I was, I was praying and writing about this. What do you think? And then eventually, um, you know, they started saying to me, I really think that other people would like to read some of these things. Like you should share them online. And I was like, well, I don't know. Okay. So I started putting them on like my personal Facebook and, and sharing them that way. And then people would be like, can you make this public so I can share it? And I don't know, it just kind of all it snowballed and kind of rolled into it. And eventually I discerned, like, I think God really is calling me to make this an actual ministry and you know to start a website and to to get the dedicated social media channels so i didn't really set out to do it but i kind of just landed <laughs> here as a blogger and an author it just kind of happened um but you didn't come into it in the same way no i was in college and my sister was actually already in ministry and she asked me that she was like, I need a male chaperone for uh, a youth conference event or no, a particular group did. Hey, can you go help them? And I said, yeah, sure. You know, I was into my faith, but I wasn't necessarily like really focused on ministry. I was just I was practicing and sure. I thought, oh, OK, yeah, I can I can do that. I don't really know a lot about ministry itself but I can try to contribute. And while at that youth conference, one, I was just in awe at how many people were into their faith there. And I thought that's a community and a culture that 
I would like to be involved in more because it had mm-hmm. been difficult for me to find those sorts of communities. But then also just in the midst of praying during adoration uh, one night, I just felt God put this on my heart saying, yeah, I would like you to go work with my teenagers, with my youth. And I did not know how that was going to be the case, but I just, I kind of opened myself up to wherever and whenever God was calling me to that. Mm -hmm. And Mm -hmm. I kind of, you know, a, a guy I know, a very good friend of mine, he heard about a job and he recommended me for the job and I got the job. It was part-time that stumbled into kind of a, a four parish full-time youth ministry job. You know, I did a few different paid jobs and for several years, even during that, I was feeling this strong call to do theology, the body-based ministry. And so a lot of times it was just, it was revealed to me, something was put on my heart, this gradual tug, this real persistent pull of like, yeah, I really want you to do this, but not yet. Like it's coming. So be aware. And so that has consistently happened where I felt this tug. And so I was like hyper aware and trying to be like, God, prepare me for when this happens, you know, whatever it may be. So, um, yeah. So in, in many ways I really did, I applied for jobs and, and I actively was like, I'm going to create this ministry after feeling that, that very clear tug on my heart. But I even sure, had a lot of yeah. people telling me, don't do this. And I was huh. like, yeah, but see, I felt God tell me to do it. Yes. So I'm going to yeah. do it. And then honestly, some of those same people afterwards, like, this was so awesome. Good thing you did this. And I'm like, I'm yeah. not even going to, I'm not, no, just, <laughs> Let's yeah. Let's not go there. <laughs> sure is. God is good. And then we move right on. And oh, like, boy. Oh, yeah. Yeah, 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 yeah. So, so Yeah. Um, so, hey, if you guys want to jump on, on social media, <laughs> tell us like some of the things, maybe something that's that's different between like you and your spouse or something that you really a close friend of yours, something that's different. Nothing too personal. Don't be gossiping, talking about your spouse. No, on social no, media. no. No, we don't want any of that nonsense. But, you know, something that maybe somebody you you're close with and how that you have a difference, maybe a somewhat superficial one, like Sarah's a morning person and I'm a nothing person, not morning, not night, nothing. <laughs> How can you uh, be a nothing person? <laughs> oh, very easily. Um, yeah, jump on social media or something, let us know, because we would be curious. And we want to thank everybody for listening. Uh, if you could do us a favor, subscribe to this podcast and, and share it with a few people. We'd appreciate that. Sarah, where can people find you? My website is tojesussincerely.com, and I'm on social media at tojesussincerely. And for me, well, stay tuned to the podcast because changes are coming on where you can find me. Now, as St. Francis de Sales said, one who can preserve gentleness amid pains and peace amid worry and a multitude of affairs is almost perfect. And remember, you're never alone.